It's, it's truly great. Last week we considered a, uh, we started a new mini-series looking at daffodils, wasn't it? Or what flower was it we were looking at? Tulip. Tulip, thank you, tulip. And so you, you were so quick then, Tony. Tell us what we considered last week. The first letter, T. Yeah, tulip. We're looking at the letters of tulip, the flower tulip. T stands for total depravity. Just to make us feel all nice and fuzzy inside, we we looked at total depravity, and that that's a very good description of each one of us in here. Isn't that nice? That you're you're totally depraved. If you remember from last week, what that doesn't mean is you are utterly depraved. Hitler wasn't utterly depraved. He could have been even worse than he was. Uh, and so can you, so can I. We, we Each one of us, there, there's no end to the evil we can do, really, if it were not for God's restraining grace. And he restrains us in various ways. He writes his laws in our hearts and gives us a conscience. And also he gives us um, leaders who carry the sword of justice, police to enforce laws and, and so on, various things. And, and so, so for that reason, the various restraints, we're, not, we're nowhere near as bad as we could be. But the point is that we are bad and Jesus, he came into the world to save very, very bad people. Even if you're just a young person and you've just told a few little fibs in your time, um, your heart is desperately wicked and you need Jesus just as much as anyone else in this world. So today <coughs> we're, we're going to look at the second letter, U. The second letter in Tulip is U. And that stands for Unconditional Election. When we think of elections, what do we normally think of? What I certainly think of election time, our politicians' elections. When they are looking to be elected or re-elected to office and they come out with all sorts of promises what they're going to do. And just a few days ago I was saying, I was saying to someone, um, how do you know when a politician is lying? And what is the answer to that? The lips are moving. And uh, Pauline will vouch for this because she was there. Um, what was it? The last election? No. Not the last election. The one before that. The candidate for MHK and Peel, he actually came in our house, sat down at the dinner table talking with us and he assured us how passionate, that's his word, he was passionate for life. And um, he assured, he gave every assurance that if he, or when he became MHK, that he would vote against the abortion bill. Didn't happen. He was one of the many, the all, he was one of the all but two MHKs who voted for Dr. Allenson's abortion bill. Pack of lies, it really is. You can spin it however you want to. But this is what happens. They come out with these promises to be elected. 
And we would elect them, um, hoping, I guess, that they would be true to their word. And, and that's generally what happens. People in this world are elected because we, we like to think of them as being upstanding citizens and true to their word. When it comes to the likes of us becoming Christians, do you think God, uh, do you, sorry, do you start again. Do you think we become Christians because God watches us from heaven and he sees, well, goodness, Glenn, he, he's actually an upstanding fellow. He's, he's really good. And so, you know, when it, whenever it was, I became a Christian because God was so impressed with me. I think you know I'm being sarcastic here, don't you? And it's nothing of the sort. Nothing of the sort. And then going back to what we considered last week, that we're totally depraved. God most certainly does not make people Christians because they are upstanding and honest and decent. Not at all. So what he does is he chooses people Hence the election, that's what election means. He chooses people. When did God choose you, dear Christian, to become a Christian? <clears throat> well, the answer to that is before the foundation of the world. The Bible tells us that very clearly, that we're chosen before the foundation of the world. To become Christians. That is before any of you were, were conceived, were born, before you ever did anything good or bad. Long before. And there's a bit of a, mis- a big misunderstanding in, 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 amongst many Christians. They will get round this one and say, well, okay, God chose you before the foundation of the world. But what he did was he looked along the corridors of time. I don't, I don't know where they find that in the Bible. But anyway, God looked along the corridors of time and he saw that Glenn, looking along the corridors of time to 1994 when I became a Christian, that's a long corridor, and God saw that Glenn was uh, someone who deserved to be a Christian. And so he chose me because he looked ahead as only God can do and he could see that I was some, I was a bit different. I was good. Again, that's, that's a lot of rubbish. A lot of rubbish. We come into this world totally depraved. And even when we do good things, that is only by the grace of God. I'm not trying to beat anyone up over this, but it's good if you understand just how bad we are, or could be rather, then you'll appreciate the grace of God even more. The more you understand what you have been saved from, if you're a Christian, the more you'll appreciate how wonderful God is and how gracious he is. And and grace means unmerited favour that God shows favour on you even though you don't deserve it. So unconditional election, the next thing, the the thing we're considering today, if you're Christian in here, that is because God chose you before the foundation of the world to be saved, period. Not because of anything 
other than his love for you, an everlasting love, even before you were conceived, even before you, you were born, God loved you. He set his love upon you. And I can't explain any more than that, other than love by God for you. Not because, but in spite of who you are. Do you understand that? And when you do understand that, um, you appreciate how amazing God is and how how gracious he is. There are people who will moan about this, objectors, even in the church, who say, well, that is not fair. It can't be right. How can God choose some and not others? It's not fair. Well, I, my answer to that would be, or is, my answer to that is, Never mind God choosing some and not others. Be amazed that he chose anyone at all. If you're a Christian, just be amazed that God chose you and praise him and worship him forevermore for choosing you. You who do not deserve any favour from God. And yet he has shown favour towards you, so much so that you have crossed over from death to life, everlasting life. In his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. He has, God has given you a hope that reaches up to heaven. Although you don't deserve it. So, so it's not about moaning about that God is not fair. It's all about praising God for his grace and his mercy towards you. A, a, a hell deserving sinner. And those of you who, uh, in here perhaps even, who complain about this, that God unconditionally elects people before the foundation of the world, I, let me just read to you what Spurgeon said. But there are some who say, and maybe some in here who say, it is hard for God to choose some and leave others. Now, I will ask you one question. Is there any of you here who wishes to be holy, who wishes to be born again, to leave off sin, to to be away from sin, and to walk in holiness? If the answer is yes, I do, then God has chosen you. If you're someone who wants to be holy and like the Lord Jesus Christ, you really desire to be more and more like Jesus, then God has chosen you and you've got nothing to moan about. But another says, no, I don't want to be holy. I don't want to give up my sins. Then why should you grumble that God has not chosen you? If you want nothing to do with the Saviour, nothing to do with Jesus, not interested. All you're interested in is in what you've got now in this world and your, your, your sins. Then stop moaning that God is unfair. God is a, a gracious God, but that's unconditional election for you. And it strips, it, it strips us of any claim to be, have been involved in our salvation. The way we're built and the way we're wired up, 
we like to take the credit for things. We all do this, you know. I've done it myself. I don't know how many times. We like to put in a little boast every now and then about how it, um, we did this, or I did this, I did that, and, and blow our own trumpet, if only a little bit. When it comes to becoming a, being a Christian, you cannot blow your trumpet at all. There isn't a trumpet to blow. Because God chose you. You didn't choose him. He chose you unconditionally, not because of who you are, but in spite of who you are. In spite of your sin. And the work of salvation, far from being performed by you and me, was performed and completed by the Lord Jesus Christ. The one who said, it is finished, just before he laid down his life and died at the cross, having carried in his body the sins of all who would trust in him, having been unconditionally elected by God. Praise God, praise his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. It leaves no room for praise for any of us. But that's how it should be, shouldn't it? All praise and glory and honour and power to, 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 to God. Okay, I hope you understand that. And then if you do, you'll appreciate just how gracious God is. Tremendously gracious. That he didn't save you because you're good. He saved you even though you're bad. Amen.